is your host, Scott Singer, and you are now tuned into Biofuels Daily. It is Tuesday, January 21st. Silver walks up to gold in a bar and says, Hey you, get out of here. Now to today's top stories. Our first story today comes out of China. China is stepping up restrictions on the production, sale, and use of single-use plastic products, according to the state planner, as it seeks to tackle one of the country's biggest environmental problems. Vast amounts of untreated plastic waste are buried in landfills or dumped in rivers. The United Nations has identified single-use plastics as one of the world's biggest environmental challenges. The National Development and Reform Commission and the Ministry of Ecology and Environment, which issued the policy, said plastic bags would be banned in all of China's major cities by the end of 2020 and banned in all cities and towns in 2022. Markets selling fresh produce will be exempt from the ban until 2025. Other items such as plastic utensils from takeaway food outlets and plastic courier packages will also be phased out. By end of this year, the restaurant industry will be banned from using single-use straws. By 2025, towns and cities across China must reduce the consumption of single-use plastic items in the restaurant industry by 30%. Some regions and sectors will also face restrictions on the production and sale of plastic products, although it is not clear which geographical areas. China also banned the import of all plastic waste and the use of medical plastic waste in the production of plastic. The production and sale of plastic bags less than 0.025 millimeters thick will be banned, as will plastic film less than 0.01 millimeters thick for agricultural use. China is already boosting recycling rates and is building dozens of comprehensive resource utilization bases to ensure more products are reused as part of its war on waste. Our second story of the day comes out of Sweden. Today, various processes are used to convert organic waste into biogas. By combining two different processes, it is possible to obtain even more of valuable substances, such as hydrogen and methane. The key is to make the most of the microorganisms that do the work. Forest waste containing lignocellulose is a material that microorganisms do not break down very easily. It takes a very long time for them to decompose naturally and in the industrial processes used to break down waste, microorganisms are inhibited by toxic substances and are released from the reactors when the remnants of the decomposition process are flushed out and replaced with new materials to become biogas. In his research project, doctoral student Konstantinos Chandelias shows that it is possible to get around the problem and at the same time obtain a higher amount of valuable gases such as hydrogen and methane that are used for the production of biofuels and other valuable substances. By linking two types of process platforms, one for gasification and one for fermentation, which are currently used in the industry separately to produce substances such as ethanol, methanol, and ammonia, it is possible to process this waste that is so challenging to break down. In the gasification process, syngas, a mixture containing hydrogen and carbon monoxide in particular, is formed. By allowing the syngas to begin the fermentation process, it is possible to obtain an even greater amount of hydrogen or methane. Carbon monoxide, which is toxic, acts as food for the microorganisms that produce hydrogen and methane, explains Constantinos Chandelias. To make the most of the microorganisms, it is important that they remain inside the reactor. We have used a special type of bioreactor, known as a reverse membrane bioreactor, which means that the microorganisms can be retained inside the reactor, they are trapped in a kind of membrane rather than floating around freely in the reactor, 
While the microorganisms are thus protected from harmful substances, the membranes let the substances such as methane, hydrogen, and various acids produced by the organisms through. The benefits of the new method are that it is possible to reduce emissions of carbon dioxide and methane, it is possible to use the industry's emissions of gases as substrates, and it is possible to produce more methane and hydrogen, which in turn can be used for the production of biofuels and other valuable substances. It also allows for a reduction in the amount of waste put into landfills or combusted, something that otherwise results in significant emissions. This is Constantinos Chandelias. The project is in line with the UN's Global Sustainable Development Goals on Energy, Environment, and Climate Issues. Our third and final story today comes from Clean Technica. Trump does not like wind and solar power, but the market absolutely loves wind and solar power. The EIA predicts wind, solar, hydro, and energy storage will be 78% of new electrical generation capacity in 2020. We will see 5.57 gigawatts of coal retired and no new plants created. While natural gas is adding 9.3 gigawatts of new capacity, 3.74 gigawatts are being retired. Thus, the net amount of natural gas for 2020 is 5.56 gigawatts. As renewables and energy storage become more affordable, we will see natural gas continue to lose market share. Wind will be number one in 2020, with a total of 18.5 gigawatts of capacity coming online. It is worth mentioning these newer turbines have higher capacity factors than previous turbines. Additionally, wind power is reaching into new is reaching into newer markets as turbines have been designed to fit a variety of wind speeds. Solar will grow to 13.58 gigawatts in 2020. The red state of Texas will add, 20, will add 22% of utility scale solar. Texas has a great chance to lead the nation in renewable energy. Wind in the desert plains of West Texas is very consistent at night. Conversely, wind along the coast of Texas is most consistent in the afternoon and evening. Then of course, solar power only produces during the day. This wide variety of sources really helps since much less energy storage will be required. So while there may be a political fight over renewables and fossil fuels, the market clearly is choosing cheaper renewable energy. Environmentalists should never become complacent. However, this news should give us hope and provide the determination we need to accelerate the decarbonization effort. U.S. renewable energy subsidies are being phased out, but price declines should roughly keep up with the loss of subsidies. Further political action on climate change would be ideal, but let's not forget there is more than one way to achieve a goal. Share this news with friends depressed about climate change and ask them to get involved in the growing sustainability movement. Continued early adoption of electric vehicles is crucial to the decarbonization effort because it will drastically lower the cost of energy storage. With more affordable energy storage, wind and solar can start to replace existing fossil fuel plants. Right now, renewable energy is primarily replacing fossil fuel plants that have reached the end of their life. In the 2020s, we will see coal and natural gas assets stranded because wind and solar and energy storage will drop below the marginal cost of fossil fuels. Solar and wind continue to decline in price. The world record for solar has been set in Portugal at 1.476 cents per kilowatt hour. The U.S. will certainly begin to see costs that low and lower. Renewable energy has become unstoppable economically. The topic of renewables may still be partisan, but several big donors understand the massive value of affordable energy. The fossil fuel lobby is weakening and dozens of important industries have plans to access cheaper renewable energy. Previously, Texas was mentioned for having the chance to lead in renewable energy. 
For a moment, think about all the businesses that will be looking to take advantage of cheap energy prices. Future wind and solar prices will be one to two cents per kilowatt hour, and that is a massive competitive advantage. So let me know what you thought about today's podcast and send me an email to biofuelsdaily at gmail.com. Lastly, if you could please subscribe to my podcast and leave a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening, and remember to always go green.